Hume OE, how are you guys doing? You guys good? Wow, you guys sound like you're still in school. Come on, you guys are in the mountains. How are you doing? You guys good? Awesome. Oh, I love it. Um, guys, I am Stevie and I am excited to be up here. I know it's kind of like obligatory for the speaker to say they're excited, right? But I genuinely am excited. So here's a couple things about me. Um, I am a pastor at a church in San Diego, but I was a youth pastor for six years and I have gone to so many camps, so many camps. I'll show you a picture in a second, but um, every time I go to camp, God shows up. Do you guys believe that God wants to show up this week? Absolutely. God shows up. He speaks. He speaks primarily through his word, which we're going to look at. So if you guys have your Bibles, make sure you grab those right now. We're going to be going through the Bible. This week, I'm going to be sharing a lot about my life because I want you guys to get to know me. Um, I'm going to share a lot of funny stories um, because I want to keep you guys awake. Um, but ultimately, all my stories, everything about my life is all meant to point you to God. So this week, even though we're going to be talking a lot, you guys are going to see me a lot, everything is about Jaira. Everything is about God. So here, here's one thing. Um, I got a picture of my wife, uh, my wife and I coming on up. Oh, it's up there. So that's my wife and I. You guys are like, wait, who's the guy with poodle hair? That's me literally like two months ago. So um, I recently cut my hair. Uh, it was a COVID thing. I was kind of like, you know, might as well just grow my hair out. So that's kind of what happened. That's my wife. You guys will not be able to see her. She's actually working this week. Super bummed. I miss her already so much. She has a really cool job though. She works with um, Christian concerts and all of that. And not in this picture, but she is pregnant. So we are expecting a kid. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we're excited about that. But um, here's one thing. I think sometimes, you know, a speaker can come up here and you guys are like, that's really cool. You, like you come up here and you talk to us and it can feel disconnected. So I just want you guys to know that I've sat in your seat before. And so here's a picture of me driving to Hume Lake. Yeah. That's not an iPhone because iPhones weren't created yet. That was uh, an iPod Touch. You guys even know what those are anymore? So that was me. Um, I grew up coming to Hume Lake as a student, and then I've been up here as a pastor bringing students. And, uh, and like I said, every time God shows up. And so I want you guys to be expectant. God is going to show up this week. Um, like I said, I'm going to share a lot of stories with you. And a lot of my stories have to do with water balloons. You guys like water balloon, right? Here's the thing though. Um, you know, typically it's like water balloon toss, you know, like we're just gonna pass around the water balloon. But a lot of my stories, as I was kind of prepping for this week, I was reflecting, all of my stories with water balloons are very destructive. You guys like destructive things? Awesome. So I'll share, I'll share a couple of those stories, but here's one thing to set up, that I think this entire week that you guys should know about me. I am the youngest sibling. Any youngest siblings out here? All right, there's a lot of you. All right, I'm the youngest of four boys. Pray for my mom. How many of you guys are oldest siblings in here? Okay. All right, what about, what about the middle child? Wow. 
I see you. You're like really in it. I love it. The middle children. You guys, <clears throat> you guys are often forgot and I did not forget you. I see you. You guys are awesome. But who is also often forgot? Do we have any only children in here? You guys didn't make any noises. Okay. All right. Awesome. So here's, here's why I bring that up. Here's why I bring that up. Because not only being in a family, but being a middle school student, these are these questions that come up that you start wrestling with, that I wrestled with, that I know statistically you are wrestling with. Not to mention I was a youth pastor. I worked with middle school and high school students. I know you're wrestling with this. And this is the question that comes up. Who am I? Well, you guys, um, but you know, who are you? That's the question that comes up. So being a, being a sibling, being a sibling, I had my oldest brother, his name was Vinny. And Vinny, Vinny is a doctor. Wow, thanks bro, I gotta live in your shadow. And so my brother Vinny was so smart and he went to like med school and then became a doctor. And he's like the guy that is like so smart. And here's the thing, I wanted to be like Vinny because I wanted to be smart like Vinny. I wanted to get good grades like Vinny. I wanted to go to a good school like Vinny and I wanna make a lot of money like Vinny. Right? And then I had my other brother, Tony. You guys are going to see a theme here. So I had my brother, Tony. Well, my brother, Tony, my brother, Tony was like the good looking bro. You guys got that sibling that you're like, dude. All, all of the late, you guys are raising your hands because you're like, that's me. I'm the good looking bro. Yeah. Okay. I see you. I see you. So bring it back. Bring it back. So, um, Tony, Tony was not only like the good-looking one, he was popular at school, he was athletic. I mean, he was so good at baseball that he went to college for baseball and then he eventually went semi-pro. He played for the Chicago Cubs. Any Cubs fans out here? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a Cubs hat on. Okay, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. <clears throat> Any Padres fans out here? I saw you, my boy, in the back. There we go, there we go, I love it, okay. All right, not to get controversial. So I wanted to be like Tony. I wanted to be like Tony because obviously I wanted to be good looking like Tony. I wanted to have popularity like Tony. I wanted to be semi kind of famous like Tony. And then there was my brother, Kenny. You guys get it? So Vinny, Tony, Kenny, Stevie. Yeah, my parents, real creative. <laughs> and we're not even Italian. We, we took a test, we're not even Italian. So then there's Kenny. And Kenny, Kenny was... Uh, Kenny was weird. All right, hey, is there any weird people out here? Okay, hey. If, if you're all weird, then what's weird? That's just normal, right? So Kenny, Kenny was weird. But here's what I loved about Kenny. Here's what I loved about Kenny. Kenny was so comfortable in his own skin. I mean, like, like he was creative. He could build things with his hands. Like he just, he was like, he's like, I don't care about Vinny and Tony. I know who I am. I'm Kenny. And he was so comfortable in his, in his own skin. And so I thought to myself, man, I want to be intelligent like Vinny. I want to be popular and athletic like Tony. I wanted to be comfortable and creative like Kenny. But then it got to me and I had all of these influences in my life and they were all telling me who I should be or who I want to be. And at the end of the day, I was like, wait, who am I? 
And so I was stuck in this place where I tried finding myself in all of these other things. I tried pursuing intelligence. I tried pursuing sports. I tried pursuing weirdness. I tried pursuing like identity in my friends and everything else. I tried finding out who I am. And that's really important because when we come to this story, This story, as you saw, is Moe's standing there and God said, hey, I'm calling you. I've got a plan for you. I want you to step into the future that I have for you. I want you to be a part of my plan and my purposes. And Moe's had that question. He's like, who am I? He had no idea who he was. No idea who he was. And so if you guys have your Bibles, can you guys open up to Exodus chapter 3? Exodus chapter 3, you guys know that's the second book of the Bible, so go to Genesis, it's the first book, flip to the right, Exodus, big number 3, Exodus, big number 3. All right, and as you guys are turning there, you guys are going to go to verses 11 through 14, 11 through 14. And it says this, but Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Jairus said, I will be with you. And this shall be a sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Who am I? That's Moses' question. Who am I? God's like, hey, I got something for you. And he says, who am I? That was my question. And I know that that is in your mind. It may be in the back of your mind, but that is your question too. But notice this. When we're asking that question, what we're saying is, do I have significance? Am I important? Do I have worth? Do I add value to this world? Is anybody going to care? Can I produce anything good with my life? Am I significant? And you know what? God could have easily just said, absolutely, you're significant. I'm talking to you. Absolutely, you're significant. I created you. Absolutely, you're significant. I love you. He could have easily said that, but for some reason he doesn't say that. What does he say? He says, I'll be with you. So when we have these massive questions, who am I? Do I fit in? Am I good? Do I have purpose? And we're asking those questions. God often will say, I am with you. But that brings us to the next question. Because if you're in the story and and you're like, wait, who am I? And God's like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because I'm going to be with you. You have to ask the next question. Well, then who the heck are you? God? You're saying you're going to be with me and that's supposed to come for me? Who are you? That's the question of the week. If God says, I will be with you, then we have to ask that question, who is God? Who is God? 
See, many of you guys, you guys go to Christian schools, so you guys have probably formulated some idea in your head of who God is. But I hope that this week, God gives you a more clear image that we don't just see God as the one that we go to school and then we talk about or we go to church and we kind of sit through a service and maybe we pray before a meal. I want you to see God as awesome. I want you to see God as who he is, Jireh, the one that created, the one that loves, the one that's holy, the one that's just. I want you to see God as he is. And this is Moses' dilemma. Who are you? And when Moses is asking God, hey, who are you? Who am I going to say sent me? He's not asking God, hey, what's your school ID? He's not saying like, what's the seven numbers that get you your lunch? He's not asking for his Instagram handle. He's not asking for his Twitch profile, right? <laughs> Essentially what he's saying is, is, is he's, hey, God, who, what are you like? Because the reality is, is Moses grew up in Egypt. And if you know anything about Egypt, Egypt worshiped a lot of gods. So Moses was like, hey, God, I know about gods. We got a God of the Nile. We got a God of the ground. We got a God of the sun. We got a God of the rain. We got a God of fertility. That's weird. He's like, I know about gods, but who are you? How do you measure up against these gods? Hey, God, how do you measure up against popularity? Hey, God, how do you measure up against security? How do you measure up against money? God, how do you measure up? Essentially what Moses is saying, how big, how powerful are you? What's your clout? Who is this God? See, growing up, my assumption was that I'm not really that bad and God isn't really that good. Like I said, I was the youngest sibling, which means uh, the rumors are true. I got away with everything. Yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about? I got, I got away with everything. But here's the thing, because by the time it got to me, right, I'm the fourth boy, my parents, they essentially told me this, hey, Stevie, just don't die and don't go to jail. Then we're good. And I was like, I mean, I, I think I could do that. And here I am, I'm up on stage. I haven't died and no, I haven't gone to jail either, right? So I'm doing good. So, all right, bring it back, bring it back. So, so this is essentially what my parents said. They're like, dude, just, just kind of you do you, make sure you don't get in a lot of trouble. And so I got away with a lot of stuff. Here's a story, water balloon story. So I was with my buds and we are hiding like it's daylight, middle of the day, and we're hiding behind a bush. And we thought it would be fun to throw water balloons at moving cars. Hey, and also, for, I, I do not condone this behavior, it was bad. This was before I met Jesus. So here's what happened. So we're standing, we're behind a bush and we pop up and we're just nailing cars. And we were like, really, because water balloons break, cars don't, we're good. And so we thought that that would be less destructive than other things. And so we, we were like, okay, hey, it's probably time for us to go home now um, before we get in trouble. And so we all stood up, middle of the daylight, and my friend Marcus had a hidden water balloon. And so we're all standing up. Everybody can see us. And Marcus is like, I got this balloon. And so what he does is he just goes, whoa, as this minivan is driving by. And that poor soccer mom didn't see it coming. And so here's what happened. The water balloon didn't break. The windshield broke. 
And so all you, all you hear is, and we ran so fast. We ran so fast, far away, and the cops showed up. We didn't get caught. Again, I just got away with everything. But here's, here's actually what happened. Somewhere along our little mischievous thing that we were doing, I butt-dialed my dad. And so I get home that night, and I'm like, we, we got away with it. We're feeling good. You know, I mean, poor soccer mom, but we're good. Like, we didn't get caught. And my dad, my dad comes up to me. He's like, hey, what's this thing about water balloons, minivans, and cops? Because he heard the entire thing. We probably said words we shouldn't have said. And he heard all of it. And then, and then I was like, I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And he said, okay. And that was it. And you guys, you guys are probably sitting here and you're like, you guys are probably sitting here and you're like, man, that's a really cool dad. But it's not because I still, I still did a lot of bad things because he never, never, never got me in trouble. So this is my assumption. I was like, I'm not that bad. Because I measured myself against other people and I was like, well, they get caught, they do bad stuff, they're bad, I'm not that bad. And so I had this assumption, I'm not that bad. But then on top of that is I had this thought, God actually isn't that good. And maybe you're sitting here because you go to a Christian school and you hear about God all the time and you're around people and maybe your family's believing in Jesus and you're like, yeah, man, it's kind of cool, but it's just kind of normal. And because of that, I actually don't think God's really that good. You might be like, I'm not that bad, but God's actually not that good. So flip forward, Exodus 3, we're going to read verses 1 through 6. It says, Now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. And he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. He looked and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, do not come near. Take your sandals off your feet, for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. Holy ground. Anytime we read the Bible, we should probably know what's going on before this. And so let me give you guys a really, really quick background that's so important for us to figure out the question, who is God? If you're familiar with the Bible, you know that in Genesis, God is good. And God created everything, but he didn't create everything because he was lacking anything. He created because he is full of love and he wanted to create out of his goodness. So when he creates everything, every day he ends it with the refrain, it was good. God created the world good. And then he created Adam and Eve. He created human beings and he said, you guys enjoy my creation and follow these rules because if you follow these rules, you will keep in step with this good creation. But God gave Adam and Eve a choice. And he said, hey, you guys, you guys can actually choose to be your own. You can choose to run your own life. You can choose to not follow me, 
But just so you know, if you make that choice, you're going to step out of the good creation. You're going to mess things up. You're going to break relationship with me. And then the world's going to kind of start falling apart because you're choosing to run the world your way, not the way I created it. Hence the world we live in. Sin, brokenness, pain, COVID, devastation. And so this is, this is the backdrop. And so then God's like, no, 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 but I still love my creation. I still love my people. And so he found this guy named Abram. And he chose Abram. He said, hey, Abram, I'm going to make you a great nation. I am going to make you a nation so you can bless the world because I want to still love and bless the world. And so Abram became Abraham. And then he had a son named Isaac. And then Isaac had a son named Jacob. And Jacob had 12 sons. That's crazy. That's a lot of, that's a lot of boys. And so he had 12 sons, and one of his sons' name was Joseph. And Joseph was kind of prideful. He's like, hey, bros, I'm better than you. And so as you do, they sold him into slavery. And so Joseph, Joseph is now in slavery, but he raises to power. He raises to power, and when he raises to power, as you saw here, his nation grows. And then there's this guy. And they, they get scared, and he's Pharaoh. And Pharaoh starts killing babies. Yeah, you guys know the scene? You guys know the scene when Anakin Skywalker goes into the Jedi temple and starts killing little Jedi? That's what he does. So as you can tell, Pharaoh is not good, not a good guy. So he starts killing babies, and then he puts them all in slavery. But one of the babies that was supposed to be killed... One of the babies that was supposed to be killed escaped. Like think of Grogu, right? Baby Yoda. He makes it out. And so he makes it out and that's Mose. And so now Mose is, is in the story. But as you saw here, Mose killed a guy because he saw that they were enslaving his people. He killed a guy and then he ran away and he went to this place called Midian where he became a shepherd and started like caring for all of these sheep. And he did that for 40 years. But here's the thing. Even though Mose ran away and saved his own life, God still loved his people. God wasn't done. And the reality is, is God's people, Israel, still needed to be delivered. And God was like, I haven't forgot my people that are in slavery. They still needed to be delivered. And so you see in verse two, God now starts reaching out to Moses because he's like, my people need to be delivered. And it says the bush that God was in was burning, yet it was not consumed. And then it says Moses turned to see. And you're like, of course you would turn to see. Wouldn't we all? You were like, of course he would do that, except is it actually that easy to see God when he's right in front of you? You guys remember Pokemon Go? Do you guys, do you guys still play Pokemon Go? I had, I had a sparkly Charizard. It was my favorite. But here's, here's the thing. During the Pokemon Go era, while it was at its peak, there was news about people who were literally walking into the streets and getting hit by cars. There was news of people who were walking and they fell into lakes. They fell off of bridges. Why? Because they were so consumed with what was in front of them that they couldn't see what was around them. And you're like, yeah, but that was Pokemon Go. But is it? Because the reality is, is we're so distracted. We walk around with our heads down, distracted all the time, and we kind of look at this story and we're like, yeah, we wouldn't have missed the burning bush, but maybe we would have. We probably actually would have missed this 
moment where God showed up. And the other thing too is Moses was familiar with this walk. You guys ever just like walk around? You're like, yeah, I'm just used to this walk. So you're not paying attention to what's going on. He probably still had the dust caked on his feet from yesterday's walk. He was familiar with this walk. And so because he was familiar and because we get distracted, it could have actually missed God previous times. But this time, this time, Moses turned and he looked. And that's our invitation for this week. Would you not be distracted? Something beautiful happens at camp. When you get away and you get to see the stars and you get to see the trees. When you get to put your phone away. You get to be around people. You have, you have these leaders here that love you and they want to talk to you about Jesus. And so when you get undistracted, all of a sudden you, you can begin to see God in new ways. I believe, I know God wants to meet with you this week. And so would we be like Moe's, undistracted and unfamiliar and say, God, what do you have for me? Would we turn aside and see? This is the invitation. But is, this is this weird, right? It says it was burning, but it was not consumed. You guys ever thought about that? That's weird. I've played with fire before. Again, not condoning that. But when you play with fire... When you play with fire, it burns things so that it's consumed. It burns it to black ash. And so here's what is going on. The question for us is who is this God? So here's what we see. The bush is burning, but it's not consumed. Who is this God? He's self-sustaining. This God doesn't need fuel. You can start a bonfire, but it needs wood. It needs gas. It needs flame. But the reality is, is God is self-sustaining. And what we see here in Genesis 1, it says God created everything. He's the source of everything. And then John 1, it talks about how, how Jesus, everything was created through him. And nothing that was made could have happened unless he did it. God is self-sustaining. We can only be because God is. God is self-sustaining. We aren't, but God is. So this burning bush shows us that God is self-sustaining. And then later it says, um, who sent me? And he says, I am that I am. And you're like, that sums it up. <laughs> that makes sense. What does that mean? What he's saying is, I was, I am right now, and I always will be. I exist. I am self-sustaining. I don't need fuel. I am the fuel. What else do we see? The bush is burning, but it's not consumed. God is powerful. You guys believe that? God is powerful, and he's actually kind of dangerous. But what we also notice is he's not like a wildfire that's burning through everything. He's staying in a place. He is powerful and dangerous, but he is not destructive, and he's not wild. Man, isn't that good that we have a God that's powerful but not destructive? Because there's a lot of crazy stuff in this world, and if we had a God who wasn't powerful, we should be really afraid. And if we had a God who was all-powerful but super destructive, we should fear even more. But we have a God who is all-powerful and all-good, and because of that, he can deal with this pain and the brokenness in our world. So what we see in the burning bush is God is powerful, but he's not destructive. And then it says, it shows us that he's actually relational. Verses four through five, God is relational. 
When the Lord saw that Moses had turned to see, God called to him out of the bush, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. And then he said, don't come near. Take your sandals off your feet for the place in which you're standing is holy ground. Again, isn't this a bit confusing? That God is like, hey, Moses, come near. Whoa, 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 stand back. And you're like, what are you talking about? You told me to come near. Now you're telling me to stand back. What are you doing, God? And so you read the story and you're like, that, that's a little bit confusing. But, but anytime you read this in the Hebrew where it says something twice, especially a name, Moses, Moses. You see Jesus later, he says, Mary, Mary. When they say a name twice, it's always relational. It's always calling out of relationship. It means that he sees Moses. He knows Moses' name. And he says, come near. Moses, I want to talk to you. Moses, I know you. See, the reality is, is God isn't far off. He's not standing off in the distance with his arms crossed, waiting for you to mess up. That was my view of God. God was just standing there in heaven, wherever that is, and he's got his arms crossed and he was looking down at me and he wasn't proud of me and he was looking down, he was just waiting for me to mess up. And then if I wanted God to be pleased with me, if I wanted God to come near to me, if I wanted to see him move in my life, I had to do everything right. I had to be good enough. I had to do all the right things. I had to go to church more. I had to pray more. And so I felt like I had to earn God's favor. But what you see here is God isn't distant and far off. Moses doesn't go to God. God goes to Moses. It's the same thing with us. God isn't standing looking at you with his arms crossed disappointed waiting for you to get your act together so he will show up. The reality is, is he shows up when Moses was a murderer. He showed up when Moses was running away. He showed up when Moses was distracted and not paying attention. We don't make our way to God. God comes to us. He is relational and he calls us by name. And then he says, don't get too close. And you're like, what do you, what do you mean? And he, and he says, take your sandals off your feet. And you're kind of like, for a second, you're like, God, do you have a feet thing? Is that kind of weird? He says, take your sandals off your feet. And you're, you're like, wait, wait, what, what's going on? Was Moe's not wearing like the newest Gucci slides? Like, was his gear not good enough for you, God? But here's, here's why this is actually pretty significant. Because it's found in the next thing where it says, the place that you're standing is holy ground. Holy. We don't use that word pretty often, do we? Because you're kind of like, what, what does holy mean? Is it like we only use holy when we say like, holy cow. Or holy, like that Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper song. Or holy, like, like, like Crocs, right? Or holy, like the Raiders defense. What, what do we mean? Pew, 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 pew. Shots fired, shots fired. If you're a Raiders fan, I'm like not sorry, but I apologize. Here's, <laughs> we don't talk about holiness. Hey guys, bring it back, bring it back. We don't talk about holiness. Holiness quite literally means set apart. It means perfect, 
other, completely different. A friend of mine says it is the excellence of God's character that God is that awesome. He is so different, so set apart, so pure, so perfect. That's what holiness means. He is purer than water through a thousand Brita filters, right? He is that good. Holiness means that God is so other. And I have a friend of mine, and he's a professor at a university, and he takes his students out to the desert. And when he takes his students out to the desert, you can see all of these stars, and he, t- he gives each one of them a dime, which is the smallest U.S. currency by size. And he says, hold it out with your arm as stretched as far as you can. Hold it out. And then count how many stars you can see. And you're like, okay, cool, 10, 20, a, a million. I can see a million stars. And then he says that the amount of stars that are hidden behind that dime are more than the stars that you can count and see. And he uses that illustration to talk about how God is that wonderful, that beautiful, that the reality is, is God's knowable. You can see him. You can see things about him. He gave Moses a burning bush. He's given us the Bible, the word, that we can know who God is, that we can read about him and know what his character's like. And he's shown us most perfectly through Jesus. Like my friend Austin says, it's God with zipped up flesh. And so we can know who God is, but the reality is, is there's so much more about God that we cannot see and we cannot know. But I think oftentimes we think in our little heads that we have got God figured out. I think oftentimes that we, we were like, man, God, okay, I got you figured out. I got you boxed in. I know who you are. You're over here. I got you. But what holiness means is you can't box God in. You can know so much about him, but there's so much more about him. You will never know. God is more unlike you than he is like you. God is holy. We can know him, and yet there's so much that we can't know about him. There's this passage in Isaiah 6, and it's this image of Isaiah the prophet, and he's in this heavenly temple, and he sees God. And it says that there are these angels and the angels as they're, as they're, they're sinless and they're floating around the, the throne. And it says that, that everything is quaking and like the, the smoke in here was really cool, right? But it says that there's so much smoke in the temple. And in this vision, these angels are covering their eyes and they're covering their feet and they're covering their bodies. And they're saying one thing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Now, when they repeat something three times because they don't have exclamation points and they don't have like a thousand fire emojis to make a point, they only have repetition. And so they're saying, holy, they're yelling it. But here's what they don't say. They don't say, he does stuff for us. He does stuff for us. He does stuff for us. They say, holy. Friends, I think oftentimes we worship God when things go well. I think oftentimes we worship God when things in our lives are just nice and put together. We worship God when our parents' marriage is doing okay. We worship God when we get the A on that test. Hallelujah. We worship God when our friends are in harmony and when that person isn't starting the rumor about us. We worship God when everything's going good. But notice they worship God. They are sinless. And they worship God not because he does things for them. 
They worship God because he is holy. God is holy. He is perfect. He is other, and yet he's relational. This should blow our minds. I mean, imagine if someone so perfect, so incredible, so famous came up to you and they knew your name. And they're like, hey, let's hang out. I want to be with you. Could you imagine that? And this is what God does. And so he says, take your sandals off because where you're standing is holy ground. He's not like a grouchy old grandpa that says, get off my holy lawn. No, he says, take your sandals off. And again, you know, we're kind of like, what's up with that? But here's why. Because God's saying, you're standing on holy ground and I want you to get as close to my person, as close to my presence, as close to my holiness as possible. And what's in the way is your dusty, musty, sheep poop crusty sandals. It's a tongue twister. So here's, here's what he's saying. Those things are in my way, and I want to encounter you. Those things are in the way, and I want to be close to you. Those things are in my way, and I want to be relational to you. There's an invitation that God has for us this week that he's going to highlight maybe some dusty, musty, sheep poop, crusty things in your life. He's going to highlight some things that, that, that maybe are in your life that are getting in the way of you experiencing God's holiness and his nearness. And so this week... There's going to be invitations by the Lord through Scripture that he might highlight some dusty, musty, sheep, poop, crusty things, and he might say, you've got to get rid of those things because I want to be near you. So who is this God that wants to be relational to you? He's holy. He's perfect. He's good. He's knowable. And he loves you. And he wants to be near you. Can I tell you one final water balloon story? Yeah. Awesome. So um, I lived in a cul-de-sac growing up. And in this cul-de-sac, um, we had these neighbors. And they were up to no good all the time. And so my neighbor came to me and they said, hey, my parents are gone. And so we were like, let's go party but let's party with water balloons and so we are in his house his parents are gone and we decided to have a water balloon fight and so we're throwing water balloons all around the house we were breaking vases we were breaking picture frames and we got the ground so wet that my friend when he was running because I was chasing him slipped and broke his arm I think he's okay I haven't talked to him since but I think he's okay now but that's not the point because I, I, I now reflected back and I started thinking about it. I've never owned a home. I've never known what it's like to work really hard and save a lot of money and then put all of that money into buying a home. I don't know what it's like to put all my energy in and then start building something to not just make it a house, but make it a home and make it feel like family. And what we did in that house is we destroyed it because I didn't realize how valuable it was. And we walked around because we didn't know the value of it. We were destructive and we were throwing water balloons around. And here's the final point that I want to make with you. 
is that if we don't understand how good and how holy and how valuable God is, we will walk around with our dusty, musty, sheep poop, crusty sandals, and we will be destroying all of it. And so here's what I want to talk about, is that next time we meet, is we're going to see that when we have a lack of reverence, meaning that we don't understand how valuable God is, a lack of reverence leads to disregard and significance. We don't see God as significant. And holiness, when walked all over, holiness, when we don't see how valuable it is, demands justice. So we're going to look at justice tomorrow morning. Will you guys pray with me? God, we love you. We love that you speak to us through the Bible and that you have showed us who you are and that you are holy. So God, I pray for every one of these students here that they would not experience you as a distant God. They wouldn't see you as a God who's standing there waiting for them to clean up, but they would see that you are a God who's knowable and draws near to them, but you are perfect and you are holy. And so God, would that do something inside of us that we don't destroy and run around without reverence, but we would worship you like the angels did. And so God, we worship you. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen.